Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Oh, it's another week and that means it's another podcast. You're on the Rugby Pass podcast. Scotty Stevenson this week joined for our Northern Hemisphere perspective by Tom Hamilton, ESPNscrum.com rugby editor. And Tom, first and foremost... Uh, the perception that Saracens already has one hand on the Premiership title. Let us discuss. Yeah, that's, Premiership's already over. Two rounds down, they're going to absolutely <laughs> walk it. Um, uh, we may as well all go home and play for second place. Um, no, they, they've got this astonishing ability to, to kind of just slowly evolve and morph from one sort of team to another. So over the summer, they signed three players, Scott Berger, Alex Lazowski, and uh, the Fijian winger, uh, Rowaka. Um, Scott Berger's already set straight into the back row, world-class, and now that's just kind of gone on to a different level. Owen Farrell's been injured. Lazowski, this young fly half who they got from Wasps, has slotted straight in. He's like a young um, sort of Nick Evans, that sort of slightly rangy, uh, delightful pass, likes to break the line slightly bizarre kicking style, but he's just honestly keeping things ticking over. And, you know, maximum points in the first two games. Against Worcester, they were sluggish, but managed to close it out. Against Exeter, they were completely brilliant. Believe the pilot was cross-kicking, offloading off his left hand, the whole lot. I mean, it was Harlan Globetrotters, but um, really, really effective as well. The, the problem for other teams is they, they seem to be chasing not just a, a good rugby team, but also a, a strategy that has been implemented over the last three to four seasons, which has proved to be an unbeatable strategy most of the time for Saracens. What, in your mind, makes them such a dominant team? Because a, a lot of the other clubs have the similar attacking philosophies, have similar scrummaging philosophies, have similar uh, fly halves who can put teams in the right part of the field. So what is it about Saracens that make them so much better at the moment? good question i think if you if you could bottle it it's something that eddie jones has tried to bring to england as well i think it's this sort of almost inner belief that something that the all blacks have got that whatever score you're at whatever stage of the game you're at you can still win a still win the match and then and then they always seemingly do at the moment i mean they're on a great unbeaten run mara Atoje, the last time he lost a game that he started for saracens was, was may 2015 and when you when you look at that in isolation, that's truly remarkable. That's over a year now. I mean, that's sort of all black proportions in itself. And this is a club, a domestic player as well. And they have this sort of thing where, if, as I said before, if, if someone's injured, they can slot another player in at a moment's notice. 
They know the system. They know exactly what they have to do. The game plan's perfect. And it's the same with the coaches as well. There's this continuity there where, for example, Gustard left, went to England. They promoted from within. And then they keep this churn going the Saracens way. And I think that all kind of adds up to this feeling of invincibility. And, and so far, I mean, we're only two games in, but they do look to be playing sort of rugby above everyone else really in that, in that sort of in, in uh, the league at the moment. That stat on Maro Atoje is absolutely insane. But uh, a little discussion on him because I noted today reading the press, uh, I mean, he is the talk of the premiership at the moment, his form at the moment. Uh, what do you put this run down to for Atoje? He's just a player of a generation, really. I mean, ever since he was 16, he's sort of the player you heard about. If, if, it, if it was... If it was um, if it was now, I mean, and we had an Atoje come through now, it'd be a social media superstar like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kid this morning we saw rampaging through um, Australian defences on him, whatever his name, the Man Beast. Um, <laughs> but it's now, it's it's just, it's absolutely insane. I mean, he is, when he speaks to him as well, as, um, as you will when he's on Lions duty next year, because there's one player nailed on to be a Lion, it's uh, Mario Atoje. He's, he's wise beyond his years. He's so intelligent. And this sort of, Again, this grounding within the Saracens' way has led him to become this sort of um, a talismanic figure. In a, he's only 22 now, I think 21, 22, but he's he's already developed. I mean, Eddie Jones wants him to have a few more scars on his face, be a bit more battle hardened, but he is. I mean, he's the Johnson incarnate figure at the moment. Well, I'm glad you brought up Eddie Jones because Eddie Jones is at it again uh, this morning, uh, your time, on the All Blacks. Uh, let us just uh, have a recap for us, Tommy, of uh, Eddie Jones' latest remarks. Well, we spoke to him earlier this, uh, earlier this morning at uh, Penny Hill Park and he was talking about the All Blacks. He says, at the moment, they're 3% better than the rest of the world. And then what, in his mind, what he's trying to say is that they are clearly the world's best team. And he, he does say that. He says, look, they are, I think, quote, they're a bloody good team. And he goes on to speak about them. But he says that 3% margin is something in his mind that he learned when he was at the Brumbies, when I think in his first season they finished 10th. Mm. And he's looking at the stats and found they're only sort of 3% off the other teams. Um, so I think that's what he's trying to allude to. I mean, there's no absolutely no doubt that the All Blacks are playing uh, vastly superior rugby to anyone else at the moment. Eddie says that he can see some weaknesses in the game. Uh, he wouldn't tell us <laughs> what, but the reality is England won't play uh, the All Blacks again until 2018. So there's a, lot, there's a lot of time there, a lot of um, perhaps nice platitudes to be levelled between the two teams until they finally meet on, on the field. It surprises me that Eddie Jones wouldn't tell you about what weaknesses he saw in the All Blacks side, but I, I can safely say to you, Tom, while, while you guys love eating Eddie Jones' comments like popcorn over there, um, I think there's more than 3% between the All Blacks, uh, South Africa and Australia right now, and uh, that's certainly the all-consuming talk in New Zealand about how well the South African side will fare. But I'll leave that aside for a second. Eddie Jones has gone quiet in a, in a certain way. And comments like this, I am reminded of his former Prime Minister's great line, he may just be a shiver looking for a spine to crawl up right now, Eddie Jones, uh, for there is no way he can prove nor disprove any of his theories on this all-black side until, as you mentioned, uh, a couple of seasons down the track. What has he been doing behind the scenes to keep himself front and centre in the eyes of the rugby public? That's a good question. I mean, he spent the summer sort of working um, working with the coaches. So they spent time with the triumphant uh, Team GB coaches who led them to hockey gold after their stunning win in the semifinals over New Zealand. And then... Um, Did you have to bring uh, that up? Also with the judo and with cycling. 
Yeah, just had to. Uh, <laughs> just had to drop that in. But, um, uh, yeah, so that's what he's been doing, working with the coaches. He's been spending a lot of time going around the Premiership. And now I think as, you know, the, the game against South Africa, that's their first one of the, the awesome series, uh, comes over closer. I expect we'll hear a bit more from Eddie. I imagine he'll be talking about various things. I mean, uh, over here at the moment, the Lions is really dominating the agenda, even though it's, I don't know, what, nine, ten months away. Um, that's certainly already something to build up with the Gatland announcement last week. Eddie Jones is going to have a say about the players. Gatland said as much. He said that England being in the form they are is fantastic for the Lions because suddenly you've got a group of 15 players who are bringing them confidence and will really fancy a crack at the All Blacks. Gatlin's already experienced this once uh, when he went to Australia, when he won that series in the third test, when he picked, uh, I think it was 13 Welshmen in that, in that side. He's already felt the wrath of some of the more traditional European fans. Uh, certainly Brian O'Driscoll didn't let his disappointment go unnoticed. I uh, was quite happy for the agitators to make a point that Gatlin had got his selections wrong. Uh, do you see Eddie Jones and England rugby maybe fulfilling that role when it comes to the Lions tour, if Gatlin indeed uh, picks uh, players maybe outside of England's frame of reference, maybe outside of where the England game sees the best players being? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think um, I think the way Gatlin does at the moment, I think Gatlin would have learned a huge amount from uh, that tour in 2013. I know um, from speaking to him over the, the intervening years, that, that sort of that backlash, the vitriol, he called it in the last week, did get to him. He was surprised by the level of animosity which was levelled in his direction when he made what proved to be and was at the time completely the correct call. Um, in terms of Eddie Jones's influence, they'll be in Argentina at the time when uh, the Lions are over in New Zealand. Uh, so Eddie will be uh, have his hands full there. Uh, he is in fact, kind of promoting the Lions at the moment. So he, he really wants Gustard, uh, the assistant coaches, perhaps Paul Gustard and Steve Borthwick, to go on Lions duty to help develop under Gatlin, to get this sort of other perspective, learn about the other players, go and coach a team in New Zealand. So I think with, with Eddie in England, I think they'll be really behind it rather than being the ones saying, oh, why aren't you picking so-and-so in this test match? He should be there. I love your faith in this guy. It's like you've just met him. <laughs> Well, he's got me on a fitness regime. So, uh, oh, the truth comes out. Eddie Jones has got yeah, you on a uh, fitness regime. Please talk me through this. Yeah. Well, it happened in New Zealand, and I ended up no, not New Zealand. Sorry, I was happened in Australia. I ended up losing eight kilos in three weeks um, because he what? was. Uh, what has he done? He taped your mouth shut. And then, uh, and then, <laughs> and then. Um, yeah, today it was more of the same. Unfortunately for me, the press conference we're in was in the gym, so at Penny Hill, and that was just you know absolute manner from heaven for Eddie. So his, his face lit up when he saw me sweating across the room. Um, it's hotter than the villa gym in Rio here. It's absolutely boiling. Uh, and then um, yeah, that was kind of the theme of the press conference. I think I got name checked more than any player. So there we go. You be careful, mate. If he, if he starts stretching out, putting you on the rack, you've got to you've got to watch your back. Hey, I want to go back to the premiership, though, mate, because there's another player there um, who you have called uh, a reinvented man, and that is Jimmy Gopeth. Of course, played for the Hurricanes in New Zealand, played for Wellington, went to the UK some years ago. I think his first season with Newcastle back in 2009. Tom, uh, now, however, after being the Golden Boot on a couple of occasions in the Premiership, he has washed up in London and uh, is playing the house down in a very different position. Well, it was London, so no, but of course, Wasps are now up in Coventry. That's true, uh, sorry. So, um, 
we've got um yeah, so he's he's playing inside centre. He's still he's still the golden boot, but he's playing alongside Cipriani. So in their win at Leicester last Saturday, um he I think he knocked over fourteen points and scored a try. And he also there was this wonderful move where I think it was in the first game against Exeter where he stood up the winger and went round him like um I don't know if you uh, remember Anthony Watson's try in the build-up to that uh, horrendous World Cup from an England point of view, but he did it against <laughs> France where he stood him up, dodged him round. I mean, it's something which um, Nehi Milnskana did on, I know, countless occasions. But it's that sort of movement. And this is Doppler, someone who, when he was at Leinster, was, in my opinion, unfairly criticised for perhaps being slightly one-dimensional as a fly half. Yeah. He's bringing, he's showing his all-court action, and he he seems to be loving life. And I mean. They do have injuries, so they're waiting on Carl Eason to come back. They're waiting on Curtly Beale. And then they've got Elliot Daly there, the promising England centre. So Gopas may find his time at inside centre uh, short-lived. But at the moment, he's, uh, he's going to make life really tough for Die Young when those other players do come back. Uh, I, I like Wasps. I like what they're doing under Die Young. I liked them last year as well. But how much of their form last year was down to Charles Piotow? And how much of that form can they recreate this season without uh, such a talented player in their back three? a great point. I mean, Piotal, for me, for my money, last season was the best player in Europe. He, um, he's just absolutely incredible. And the great thing about him, and I know it sounds like a, perhaps a slightly ridiculous point to make, but he's such a nice bloke as well. And when you chat to him, he just obviously loves playing rugby. He loves getting on you know, with people and so forth. And that was at Wasps. Now at Ulster. I mean, Wasps have recruited pretty well over the summer. I mean, in terms of where they were four years ago, they didn't have a pound to scrape together, but now they've brought in Cutley Bill. They've also got Willie LaRue coming along the Springbok fullback. So he's currently in Japan, I believe, and he'll be coming after that stint. So suddenly they've got this back line, which has uh, potentially LaRue fullback, and then you've got Frank Haller on the wing, Christian Wade on the wing, Curtly Bill, Elliot Daly, Cipriani at 10, and then Joe Simpson or Dan Robson, two really live wire scrum offs. Mm. So to keep it all ticking along. Um, so, I mean, in terms of that sort of, Backline, that's probably one of the best backlines in Europe, if not the best, I imagine. Well, let's move on to another club a little closer to your heart. That, of course, is Bath. All the story in the off-season was about the signing of former Crusaders coach Todd Blackadder. Uh, and they got off to a pretty good start in the Premiership and, and, uh, and an historic victory as well to start the season. Is there a bit of a love affair growing at the wreck at the moment regarding Todd Blackadder and what may be possible for this Bath side? Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think it's um, they just seem to be loving life at the wreck at the moment. The only bad thing about that victory was with my mother's 60th in the evening. By the time it started, <laughs> I was already seven points down. Um, but it was um, <laughs> that was quite a sizable blow with a speech waiting as well. But um, it was they're playing with um, a confidence. I mean, Newcastle they really did underperform at the wreck. That's the worst I've yeah. seen them, and it's probably one of the worst teams I've seen at the wreck in. However long they were, they were dreadful. But um, from the players' point of view, George Ford is back to his best, which is wonderful to see. And then they're getting the best out of these youngsters. They ended up having this debutant Zach Mercer, who's a back row, ended up finishing on the wing yeah. because of the the injuries they've got at the moment. So it's, I mean, they're playing with the confidence. It's early stages. They're lacking cover in the centres. I think Robbie Fruin, from the sound of things, is close to becoming uh, close to coming over. Um, they re-signed Leroy Houston on a short-term deal to bolster the back row options today uh, because Denton's up for four months, Fanatar's up for eight weeks, and then Francois Lowe's off with the Springboks. Um, so they're lacking resources here and there. Maybe a, a loose head short as well. So I think it's only going to be next season when we really see the Blackadder blueprints along with Tabai Matson. But the early signs are promising. The players are really happy. Um, that's not to say they weren't happy in the previous regime, but something clearly wasn't right there. 
and there's many whys and wherefores with that, but that's for another day. Uh, but it's um, for the time being, they do seem extremely happy, and um, early, early signs are pretty promising. Well, I mean, you, you've got to look at the stats. George Ford, top point scorer so far in the Premiership. Samisa Rokoduguni is the most metres gained. He's made the most clean breaks. I mean, uh, this already looks like a Todd Black at a blueprint, doesn't it? Put a first five who can kick goals at 10 and put a very fast Fijian on the wing. That's the Crusaders' recipe for success. Well, the bad news for Todd is that um, there may be some other similarities with the way that they might get to the final but then lose to Saracens because it, <laughs> it is that sort of thing where it's like Saracens so far. I know keep them getting on about them, but they are on another level. Uh, but Bath, you know what? If they can... They've always had a reputation for playing an expansive game. In the past, John Connolly, when he was there, kept it to the front eight and they tried to bully teams. And then, I mean, the wingers probably got hypersermia on a game-by-game basis because they just didn't move. But it's... Now it's more, um, it seems to be a bit more expansive. George Ford's doing a lot of kicking, but it's doing, as you say, kicking to the wings, unleashing Rocket Guni. It's, you can always see the sort of the blueprint of the car that kicks over to Dag or whatever mm. uh, back in the days of the Crusaders. But this is, um, yeah, no, it was, it was easy on the eye. It was good fun. And um, the players seem to be, um, as I said, really enjoying it. Well, round three uh, kicks off uh, Friday, your time, European time. Look, what, what is the game of the round for you, Tommy? If you had to uh, sit down and, and say, I'm not missing this one, which one would it be? Now, that is a very good question. Um, off the top of my head, I'm not sure. Because I haven't yet looked at the fixtures. Uh, give me two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can give you a tip. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bother watching Sale against Gloucester. Uh, I, I would think the Bath would be too good for Worcester. I think uh, maybe Harlequins and Exeter may be the game uh, for me. Two exciting teams, and both of them need to start proving a point. Yeah, yeah. No, that sounds like a good one. Uh, Exeter Harlequins, Saracens, Northampton as well. Uh, so I think the Exeter Harlequins. That's a good shot there. Exeter has started the season really slowly, instead of Harlequins. Um, Extra just don't seem to have found their rhythm, which they had at the end of last season. Mm. Henry Slade looked a little bit out of sorts, and he is arguably England's most gifted playmaker. Uh, Jack Knowles injured as well, so it's just a case of trying to find some sort of early season form. Harlequins looked really sluggish in their opener against Bristol and didn't look a lot better in, um, in their game away at Sale last Friday night. So they'll be looking for a, uh, some sort of recovery, I imagine. Uh, Saracens, Northampton. Saracens should win that, but Northampton did play well against Bristol uh, last weekend. And as for Sale, Gloucester, Sale uh, should win that quite comfortably. Tom Hamilton, ESPNScrum.com. Thank you very much for joining us on the Rugby Pass podcast for this week. Don't forget every single match of the Aviva Premiership are live on Rugby Pass, so make sure you get amongst that. And of course, we will follow developments with the Lions as they come to light. And also, Tom, we will talk next time about a bit of French code as well. I see it's all in brawls over in France. Not surprising. Beautiful. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 